uh, the idea behind the product was really a, a solve for the developing world, really. So an energy poverty. So, you know, one billion to three billion people, depending on the definition of energy poverty, are either off grid, don't have access to the grid, or have intermittent access to the grid. So living here in the United States, I, you know, I felt privileged, but I also felt responsible and thought it was essential to try to come up with a solution. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 203, Innovative Outdoor Products Series with Empowered and Good-to-Go Foods. All right, on the line with me today is David Koritz and Jennifer Sism. Now, these guys started the Good To Go Foods Company. And Good To Go, if you guys haven't found them yet, are what I hear uh, awesome backpacking meals. And when I say from what I hear, it means that Kurt, the co-host of Adventure Sports Podcast, has tried these. And he told me before I even talked to these guys that this is really, really good food. And when it comes from Kurt's mouth that it's good food, it's probably good food because that guy's pretty picky on the trail. So anyway, David, Jennifer, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So let's dig in a little bit. Um, there is a pretty good story about how you guys came about this, uh, founding this company. So one of you, go ahead and uh, and tell the listeners how it is that uh, you guys met and how this came about. Well, I had a history of, um, I'm a chef, and so I've been cooking for years, and that was just my thing, and I love food, and I'm, I'm a little picky about food. And so then I met David, who... So I was more the outdoorsy guy. I had guided out west and ski patrol and fought forest fires, and... Um, Outdoors has always been my passion, and I moved back east to go back to nursing school, and uh, that's where I, I met Jen here in, in uh, Maine. Back to you, Jen. Oh, so I never had been um, actually backpacking at all. I had car camped, and David asked when we met how far I'd been from a road, and I had to think about it, and I thought maybe it, like, the top of Vail Mountain. <laughs> he's like, are you for real? I'm like, yes. And so he's like, well, we have to change that. So he took me to REI and outfitted me after spending a bazillion dollars. And we we started backpacking and I, I absolutely loved it, loved it. But David was in charge of the food and um, I did not love it his idea of what he was bringing out. So (laughs) we, you know, we could kind of muster with a little bit of weight for like short day trips. We might do fresh stuff, but um, we then got into week or two week long trips. And that's when I, I decided that I needed to come up with something that I could eat for two weeks. So I started playing around with my tabletop dehydrator and I came up with stuff that we both loved and we used just for us and then shared it with friends that we might be sailing or hiking with. And we 
got a lot of people saying, you got to, you got to start a business. So it wasn't our intention at all. It was definitely an offshoot of this is just something that we need. And that's how good to go started. Yeah, so you guys were just looking to develop, just toy with your own stuff and see what you could create for your, your own hobby, not necessarily to try to make money off of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I was a full-time ER nurse and, and Jen, uh, and actually I'll back up with that. She's pretty modest. So she co-owned one of the top 10 restaurants in New York City and her and her partner, Anita Lowe, were an iron chef together in one. So Jen's a pretty accomplished chef, you know, more than most. And, uh, and so she had left that and, and came up to Maine and was catering and I was nursing and yeah, we just made this food for us and bam, it, this just happened. So in two and a half years, it's, uh, it's evolved quite a bit. Oh, very cool. Well, I did want to bring that up too. I mean, you guys are not just, you're not just a hobbyist, you know, playing with food, not, not a, a regular ordinary foodie. You have a, a pretty serious culinary background, Jen and, and like David uh, alluded to, you had even uh, been on Iron Chef. Yeah, I, I love food. I've always loved food. I've been, um, my mom uh, was not, she was definitely the mother of like the 60s and 70s and <laughs> the, the new TV dinners, and I did not. And so I used to have her go to the grocery store and buy, you know, things like today I'm like mom I'm gonna make fondue so I need Chablis because of course at that time all white wine was called Chablis <laughs> right. um, and, and I would or you know she'd get me whatever I'd want and I'd make this food and then I'd make it for my you know for me and my family and none, nobody was interested so I in my family so I thought it was like this weird anomaly but I just kept on cooking and cooking and cooking and then finally um, I realized that that was going to be my career path <laughs> And I was very happy doing that. And to this day, I mean, what what did we have last night out of the garden? Some Swiss char with potatoes from the garden and eggs um, from our chicken. So you know, this is this is the this is our life. So it's a David jokes around when we talk about people mention countries, and he's like, they'll say something about you know, I don't know, whatever country we may have both been to. And I'll say, oh, my God, I had the most amazing sandwich on a street cart. And David's like, yeah, I climbed a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> well, adventure met culinary skill. And I don't know if there's a, a better marriage than, than that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good combination. So you guys are in Kittery, Maine, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Southern Maine. Yeah. So the southern tip of Maine, right on the the New Hampshire border there. Um, what and what took you to Kittery? Well, I mean, it was so I had moved. I I I'm kind of from all over, but I came back to um, University of New Hampshire, which is about 20 minutes away from us, um, to go back to nursing school. Um, and actually, just like probably a year before I came back to go to nursing school, Jen had um, got a, a part time home here in Kittery. Yeah, I moved. I was um, working in New York City, I, I, the restaurant that I owned, and then I ended up buying a place up here just to come for the weekends. So I was a weekender as um, in, in, as Mainers call them. I'm I'm from away, as Mainers call us. <laughs> I'm from away. Non-native. <laughs> I'm from away. It doesn't matter where you're from. It just means you're not from here. <laughs> Yeah, you can be from Massachusetts, you can be from Canada, you can be from China, you can be from Mars. 
and you're just away. You're from, so from away. You're from <laughs> away. So I'm away, and I was coming up here, and I really loved it. And there was a you know a part of me that thought, oh, I'd love to move up here full time, but I'd been in New York for so long, and then that's when I met David, and we started dating, and we got married, and and one thing led to another, and I I decided. You know, we both decided that I'll move up here full time. And so I moved up here thinking I was going to be a hippie because I'm like, I'll move to Maine and totally be like the hippie. And and then, you know what? You actually don't lose your A-type personality. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that lasted for all of like six months. And then I'm like, what am I going to do now? So. No, I, I totally get that. Well, so now you guys work out of the businesses run out of a, a little yellow cottage up there in Kittery. How cool. That's got to be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we just added on a big red barn um, to it, which we just finished construction um, about six weeks ago. So that's kind of quadrupling our production, which is yeah, very cool. Just like another yeah. 5,000 square feet that we can work out of. So. Yeah. Oh, very cool. That's a good sign. All right. Well, now that we got to know you guys a little bit, let's talk about the product. So tell me about Good to Go Foods. I know you have a, a handful of, uh, of different recipes and different selections here. So I'm going to invite our audience to visit your website if they happen to be in front of a computer. It's good2-go.com, and that's G-O-O-D-T-O-G-O.com. So uh, give us a rundown. What is it you guys produce? Well, when we... First started well when I first started coming up with the the recipes. It was my favorite food, so I I've always loved Thai curries. Um, and I love chili and um, risotto is one of my favorites. So those were the three that I was making, and then we decided as we move forward. Um, it's kind of funny because David says like, Oh, I think we need to go a little more mainstream. And I'm like, I don't want to do mainstream. I don't do mainstream. <laughs> no so, chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. You know, like beef stroganoff or like, right. something, but you know, something primavera. I will never have the, 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 the words primavera on our label ever. Um, so Where's the hamburger mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> so so it, it really is for me, it's about, um, having a, it's a nice selection of variety where if somebody doesn't like spicy or somebody doesn't like certain things or somebody really craves something, uh, also it's, as I develop stuff, it's more about what I like and what I feel will uh, will rehydrate the best. Um, there's certain things that I love that I cannot put into a bag uh, just because it won't work. So there, there are limitations from dehydrating food, um, but I feel like if we choose, right now we have six products, I'd love to quickly move to 12 different meals. And if I have 12 things that are outstanding, I feel like that is a big feather in our cap rather than just having a, a huge variety of things that are all kind of mediocre. Um, so when it comes to testing, I, I test, but I spend probably hours thinking about how to come up with what, how it's going to work and will it work. And David will attest when we go hiking, that's when I think mostly about food. And so I'll just throw out recipes and how I would cook. And he's like, stop it. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know that. So that for me, um, you know, I'm I'm busy thinking about like three or four different um, meals right now that hopefully we'll get out to production by next spring. Um, so it the, the development phase is is slow right now only because we we are in this growth phase. So I can't just sequester myself off in a R and D room by my by myself. I'm still down there in the trenches with, with everybody. Um, but as we grow, I think, uh, the good to go will always be food. That's, you know, what we're thinking about. No, you know, no preservatives food that you have in your cupboard at home. The ingredients shouldn't scare you. They shouldn't be so long that the words are tiny that you need to get your grandmother's reading glasses. It's just real food. And, and no matter where you have it, you shouldn't be embarrassed by it. You should be proud that you're eating it. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Well, David, uh, so you must be top tier food taster. Is that a good job or a bad job? (laughs) Um, usually it's a, a good job. I have to like up my game of, like running and biking and stuff just from blowing up. Um, I'll bet. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I love Jen's creations, you know, and I, and I, that's what keep, that's what separates good to go from our competition. I mean, we have a chef who loves food and creates food and uses it in the outdoors. There's no team of food scientists here trying to come up with the next creation. You know, it's just a chef who's like, Hey, I think, you know, Indian vegetable korma would be awesome. You know, our, our pad thai, our classic marinara, and three of our other flavors, and and so that's what separates us from everyone else. Right. Well, I wanted to point out a lot of your dishes. Um, you have vegetarian options, gluten free options, um, vegan options, and I have got to be completely candid here. I don't even know what pescatarian is. Help me out. Wait, that's our own little like pescatarian just means fish. So it it's, has, it's vegetarian. So it's vegetarian there's with no fish meat. in it. There's Plus no fish. no yeah. meat, red gotcha. meat, but it's it's fish. So um, the Thai guess, curry has fish sauce, and the Thai Thai has shrimp and fish sauce or fish. Okay. Sauce. And all actually, all our meals are gluten free. I think we had such a great response about being gluten free. We're just going to move forward in that direction, you know. So when we did the marinara with pasta. We just found a great rice pasta. You would never know. And, and that, I think, pleases so many people. And, and those who don't really care, don't mind it. So uh, yeah. I think that's, you know, that also sets us apart. And, you know, we're going to add meat eventually. I mean, Jen and I are meat eaters. She makes this insane pulled pork chili that I want desperately, you know, but that's <laughs> like USDA regulations. And, and in that moving forward, and at the same time, we have a lot of people who are really happy about us just being vegetarian and vegan. So I think we're always going to keep that line strong as well. Yeah, I'm sure it covers a, a lot of bases. You know, most of us who are meat eaters aren't uh, offended by eating a vegetarian product if it tastes good. You know, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not a thing. I'm not so into meat that I won't eat vegetarian. <laughs> well, we actually had some dude who wrote us an email. He's like, "I'm a big meat eating dude." And I love your product, which we were like all laughing yeah. about. It was just very sweet. <laughs> it was That's like, cool. okay. And we want to make food fun. I mean, and it's not, you know, 
and we're working on our website a little bit more. We talk about some pairings on there. And I mean, it's mostly with alcohol because, hey, if you're outside, why don't you have a little glass of wine with what you're eating? But it, food should be fun in the in, in the outdoors. And, you know, so, you know, with the marinara, you know, bring some, like, shredded, you know, some um, Parmesan cheese with you or maybe some sausage to spice it up. And, you know, maybe a little, like, you know, a, a flask, you know, or a platypus of wine or, or you know, and, and do that with all the meals. It, have fun. I mean, you should enjoy your meal at the end of the day when you're out on this amazing trip. Like, kick back and, and really dig in and, and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than going for a, a long hike and, you know, setting up camp at night and having something to eat. And there's almost nothing worse than eating something that just sits like a brick in your stomach all night. So so enjoying what you're eating, but also having it be nice to you is a, is, is a good thing when you're out there. Yeah. yeah. Last fall, we were out with another couple, a friend of ours, and just up in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, which were beautiful. And we were staying at this shelter, and, and there was three or four other guys eating, you know, our food from the competition. And you know, we don't ever put them down, but you know, they're eating their food, and we're eating ours. And they're like, "What are you eating?" And so we just started sharing our food. And one guy was like, I, "Oh, I feel like I'm eating McDonald's now with my own." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're like, we're not, no, no, you're, you're good. <laughs> the McDonald's of the trail. I love it. <laughs> what we are has gotten on, on board. Like everybody's, everybody's, everybody's getting on board with like, maybe we should understand everything that's in our food. Yeah. That's a, that's probably a good thing, especially when we're raising kids who are, uh, are plenty obese and, and don't get any exercise in the first place. We need to watch what's going in their diets. Right. So, okay, let's run down um, what it is you guys have. So you have Indian vegetable korma, pad yep. thai. Um, you have the marinara with penny. Yep. The Thai curry, which I have to point out, was given the editors a choice by Backpackers Magazine, which is very cool. Yeah. That says something. And then you guys have that smoked three bean chili and an herbed mushroom risotto. So those all sound amazing. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So very cool. Um, now tell me what, what are we looking at for your average? I don't know if these all cost the same or not. I haven't even looked. So what is it somebody is looking to pay for, uh, for one of these meals? So right now we, I mean, I think just because they're all vegetarian, we decided to go with one price point just across the board. So we do both singles and doubles. So all the singles are six seventy five retail and then all the, um, doubles are eleven fifty. Okay, cool. So on the higher, a little bit on the highish end, but, you know, again, we're all made in the USA, all natural ingredients, and unfortunately, food's not cheap. And well, food and food also, shouldn't be cheap. It's, so. They're definitely, um, they're not, uh, they're, they're filling. So my test is I make, I, I, when I, I'm coming up with stuff, I'll give it to the staff. And, and portions like a single serving and I say, okay, you have 20 minutes. You have to eat this entire bowl of food and tell me how you feel. <laughs> because I, I need to know, like, are you hungry at the end? Are you sated? Are you, are, are you full? Um, cause you know, and, and I give it to all different size people and all the, and, and people, it's funny because we do have some big eaters here, but they're, I, I am happy with to say that most people are definitely sated by the time I've figured out a portion size. They're like, no, that's good, Jen. I've had yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, we've been programmed to think that, you know, that everything needs to be cheap, you know, because we, we get so many products from China and overseas and mass produced. And you talk about the, you know, the McBurgers of the world. So, yeah, if you go out and eat like that, you can eat very cheaply. And it, it comes, you know, it, it comes the same way with these hydrated foods. You know, you can find cheap things to eat, but you're not eating good stuff. And when you're somebody out carrying a 50, 60 pound backpack, you want to put good stuff in your body because you want to have the energy and, um, you know, the, the stamina to keep going. So when I think of a, a, an $11 and 75 cent meal, you know, for dinner, it's not, you know, we're not talking about a lot of money. If I'm going to go out and get a you know, a, a large sub and a bag of chips and a soda, I'm easily going to pay that. And it's just, it's such bad stuff to put in you by comparison. So no apology needed. Thank well, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So let's talk about the presence. So you guys have the website that I mentioned, uh, good2-go.com. Uh, you need to go check out good to go Foods over there, guys. And you also have a presence on Facebook and Instagram. And I think under the same name, Good to Go Foods, for both of those. And you also looks like you started a YouTube video series, which I was watching today, which is pretty cool. So, so yeah. Jen's Jen's the star of those, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we're calling it the Elevated Kitchen, and we just wanted to do something a little bit more fun. So we have this great videographer, uh, Dustin Marshall, who does great work. And yeah, we're just doing kind of a little series, you know, these quick minute to two minute videos, just talking about our food. So, yeah. I, of course, want my dog to be the star the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> the dog, Bella. <laughs> the last video, they're like, Bella's not going to be in it. And I was like, begrudgingly, okay. <laughs> no, you got to have dogs in there. You know what's neat about those videos is it gives us a chance to see you and see that you're real people out there producing a product for, you know, for backpackers and, and outdoor enthusiasts with us in mind. You know, you're not just a, a big company churning out things in big, massive warehouses. You guys uh, obviously really care about the, the quality of your product. Thank you. Yeah, we do. We're pretty devoted and we have a phenomenal you know, something we haven't talked about is our staff. You know, two years ago, it was just Jen and I, and, and now we have, you know, there's 13 of us here at Good to Go, and they're amazing. I mean, we couldn't do what we do without every last person here. So, right. it's, um, and they're all passionate about what they do. It's, it's a really... Besides being really fun. <laughs> they're super fun. Yeah, it's a cool work environment. You know, when Jen had a restaurant in New York, I mean, her average wait staff would be with her for seven years, which is pretty unheard of in, in that right. industry and and for us yeah we're, we're trying to create that same environment here well that's very cool well guys it's been a great time talking to you guys about good to go foods and hopefully we've turned some people onto it um like i said i haven't tried them myself but based on kurt's recommendation i i definitely will be and i you know may have found my new new go-to camp food. So hopefully we've done that for other people. So good on you for starting a small business and having the courage and ambition to do so. And I wish you all the luck. Great. Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks, Travis. It's been awesome. All right. all right. Thanks for visiting with me. Take care. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Coming up soon, from September 29th through October 1st, the 2016 Adventure Film Festival will premiere at the Boulder Theater in Boulder, Colorado. 
Watch the year's most thrilling and enlightening independent films from outdoor adventure to environmental heroism. Explore the Adventure Street Fair, dance to live music, enjoy Avery Craft Beer at the Feel Raven Beer Garden, paired with gourmet foods from Ghost Barbecue. To kick off the 12th year, there will be a community night party, free yoga and mimosas with the extraordinary Olivia Shu, world-class filmmakers at the Adventure Filmmaking Workshop, and much more. Check out the film selection and event program at adventurefilm.org. Buy your tickets now before they're sold out. Bentgate Mountaineering, located in Golden, Colorado, has been outfitting backcountry travelers for more than 20 years. The snow is melting and the crags are drying out. Time to break out the hiking boots, rock climbing shoes, and tents. Gear materials and designs are more evolved than ever. From the latest ultralight gear to the tried-and-true classics, Bentgate has the premier brands for climbing, hiking, and camping essentials, including Arcteryx, Hilleberg, Nemo, Western Mountaineering, and many more. Need advice on destinations, getting started, or on fine-tuning your quiver of gear? The Bentgate staff are all passionate adventurers who can give you the data and advice you need. Bentgate is also hosting numerous events and speakers this summer, so please check out their events page at bentgate.com for more information as well as to see their full product selection. This is Colorado nature photographer John Fielder. This holiday season, consider giving the gift of Colorado. I have an extraordinary 6,000-square-foot gallery in Denver's Art District on Santa Fe Drive. This season, I've framed for display my favorite and latest Colorado wilderness images. The detail inherent in these seven-foot prints from recent summer treks into the Weminucci and Ragged's Wilderness series will make you feel like you were right next to me when they happened. And my new prints from last year's remarkable fall color season will add warmth and a focal point to any home or office setting. The gallery has a full selection of my popular Colorado books, calendars, and holiday and note cards. Most are signed personally by me. My latest book is Wildflowers of Colorado, a collection of my favorite wildflower images made over the past 20 years. I even discuss where I go to photograph the best wildflower meadows in northern, central, and southern Colorado. Just don't tell me if you get a better photo than me. The gallery is located in Denver at 833 Santa Fe Drive. We're open Tuesdays through Saturdays, 9 to 5. Visit johnfielder.com for complete information about the gallery, print pricing, to see all of my books and calendars, and to learn about the photography workshops I'll teach around Colorado in 2017, and even the one at Alaska's Inside Passage next July. That's at johnfielder.com. The next product I found, the next innovative outdoor um, product, is from a company called Empowered, and this is the Lucy Light. And some of you guys have may have seen this, uh, others may have not, but this is essentially a grouping of LED lights uh, elements inside a reflective surface or mounted to a reflective surface inside an inflatable. Um, plastic container. Uh, you blow this container up. And the cool thing about this thing is that it's solar powered. So you don't need any batteries, uh, no electricity. This thing charges up and illuminates your area. So I found the co-founder of Empowered, who is uh, John Salzinger, and I wanted to talk to him about the light. So John, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much. Much appreciated. Thanks for the time. 
Yeah, so this is such a, a simple little device, but it's so cool. I mean, I was just telling you before we, we turned on recording that I, I just got done camping and was using this light. Um, while we were camping, I have a uh, sport van with an awning off of it. And what I like to do with the van is just set it up underneath that awning and can just walk up and hit the light real quick and do what we need to do in the dark and turn it back off. I don't have to worry about the batteries. I don't have to worry about the weight. So um, what you guys have come up with is a cool thing. So tell us a little bit more about the inspiration or what, what it is that uh, caused the invention of this thing. Oh, sure. Thanks. Yeah, so we basically uh, just over our four-year birthday, uh, we've been around uh, just about that amount of time, maybe in a month. Uh, the idea behind the product was really a, a solve for the developing world, really. So an energy poverty. So you know, 1 billion to 3 billion people, depending on the definition of energy poverty, are either off-grid, don't have access to the grid, or have intermittent access to the grid. So living here in the United States, I, you know, I felt privileged but I also felt responsible and thought it was essential to try to come up with a solution. Um, you know, the solution to that had to be really rugged. So I think the fact that we're talking to you about it makes a lot of sense. So all the sort of same sort of qualities that someone in the developing world would need would be all of the same sort of qualities that someone in sort of a rugged outdoor adventurous life would want in a product. So we have a business model basically where the more that people buy here in the developed world, the higher our volume, the lower our cost of goods and our components, and therefore we can reduce that price and that margin, really, because we're a B Corp and our shareholders don't mind, right, to the developing world. So we can sell at reduced prices that are affordable, sustainable to people in sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, really on the power, pun intended, of those in the developed world, right, your listeners, adventurists, etc., who purchase our lights. Um, so really the, 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 the reason behind the company um, was to solve a major, you know, global crisis. Um, but we do it, you know, uh, with the help of those who, who simply purchase. And it was important within the model that we didn't want people to feel like they had to contribute something additionally. Really, all you got to do is that wonderful innate consumerist urge of me. I like a product, I'm going to buy it, and then we do the rest. Wow, that's cool. I love that you guys give back to the to the community and to the world that way. And you're right. I mean, in the in the Western world, we take electricity for granted, but there are many many countries out there without the electricity. And once the sun goes down, the light goes out. And, you know, people can't do much out there without electricity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and it's usually a choice between darkness, um, you know, which inhibits everything from you know health, education, work. Um, you know, or, or harmful forms of, of energy, uh, dirty forms of light, whether it's kerosene or firewood burned in a small home without proper ventilation uh, can be catastrophic for people. So you, you nailed it. Okay. So let's talk about this light in the sense of adventure and outdoor activities. Um, like I said, I use it, um, I use it backpacking and I use it for car camping just because you don't have to carry the, the weight of batteries. But we're talking about something that's very thin when it's, uh, when it's deflated, uh, 4.4 ounces, I think is what I saw for the weight. So even a backpacker can just, uh, latch this onto his backpack. It charges up throughout the day while he's hiking. And then at night, uh, if, and when he needs it, he has a light, uh, source of, uh, night long energy if he really needs it. Yeah. And actually, you know, so that was part of the design, right? So it's a utility sort of, but it's a wow factor, right? You breathe 
life into a light, and it's actually a full-on lantern. So it's not just a task light or a flashlight. You know, something your viewers might think interesting is the American Safe Climbers Association used our light, um, and this was organic. We didn't work with them on it, and we found an amazing video that you can find online where they repegged Half Dome, uh, you know, that famous mountain that's North Face's logo, with our light and do a sort of a stop-action video of it, which is just very cool. Um, you know, the light's been dragged in 60 rapids behind a boat in Colorado to test it. <laughs> Sherpas in Japan use it. Um, you know, you aptly really described it nicely early. Uh, it's basically PV, solar, battery, LED technology in an inflatable uh, beach ball, right? And the idea was basically to make sure we could have something that was waterproof, shatterproof, durable. And then the last thing you mentioned, which is so important, was that it's collapsible. It's down to an inch. And depending on the model, our lights go as low as 2.5 ounces, and we fit 60,000 in a container. So for aid, relief, um, even shipping into you know the developing world, bottom of the pyramid, energy-starved countries, entrepreneurs, uh, you know they want to be able to the lower the, the the cost of shipping and transport because in these rural areas, you know not everyone lives together, right? So. You know, we took that all into account uh, on the design itself. Right. And as we're talking, I want our listeners to go check out the website. It's mpowerd.com, mpowered.com. And it's the Lucy Light um, was kind of the the original that you guys had come up with. You said you had a couple other models. But um, like we said, this is an inflatable um, plastic bag, like we say. Um, it's cylindrical, has a solar panel and the power button on one side and the LEDs on the other side. It's uh, It floats. Um, it's lightweight and it's just a, it's a really cool thing just to be able to have around, uh, if you need the light and not have to worry about all that other stuff. So I think we're talking about $15 for the light. Is that about right? Yeah. The light ranges anywhere from 12 to 25, 25 being a multicolor light. You know, the $12 light, uh, has been a, an emergency flashlight, um, an SOS signal and a lantern all in one. We're just coming out with a Lucy candle. For the home market, it's a really wonderful, safe light that, you know, makes anything, any any sort of environment beautiful. Um, and then we're also launching our Outdoor 2.0. might want to mention that just because it has a snap, it has 18 hours mode, it has a brighter mode. So, you know, we're always innovating and, and reinventing ourselves. So, yeah, but total, we have about seven different SKUs. Uh, and, yep, you named the website perfectly, so I appreciate that. Okay, great. And some specs on it. Uh, it charges in four to six hours under solar, and it has it offers six to 12 hours of light. Um, and I think I even heard or read that it holds a charge for up to two months. Yeah, so actually the, the specs you read, it all ranges depending on the, on the model. Uh, some last longer, some, you know, uh, charge less time. Um, but, yeah, this thing will only lose uh, 5% a month. Uh, so, you know, after a year. You're, you're in, still in good shape. You've put that away in a glove box or in an emergency kit. You'll still have light as you fully charge that. Right, right. One of the things I was uh, had realized is, you know, I have 
small children, and children always want a light of some sort uh, in their room when they're sleeping in the early ages. And you're always kind of cringing as a parent when they're burning through batteries or just leaving the electricity on, you know, uh, a light in the room. And and one of the things these would be great for is for a little kid, you know, he charges it up in the, the window of his room. And when it comes time to, to go to bed, he can put it on that dim setting and have his nightlight. And eventually it'll wear out, but it doesn't matter because he can just charge it up for the rest of the the day in the afternoon. Yeah, perfect. You, you you have your own home STEM program for your child, right? <laughs> it's important for, for the U.S. to lead the climate talks as well as, um, you know, solar energy, uh, technology, science, math, etc. You know, that's, that's a great sort of uh, point you brought up. And the lights, the lights, again, I mean, you could put our light in a bubble bath, for instance, for a little kid. I know, I know that many kids that have sent in Instagram photos you know, it's it's just so cool what people do with the light. And the Lucy Candle has a nightlight setting, so it's sort of, it's ready for that. But, you know, eight different colors, a glistening material, you know, kids kids are really attracted to the light uh, once their parents, you know, make the decision to buy it. <laughs> right, right. It's a good, it's a good gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, my son had gotten uh, gotten it as a gift, and that's how we discovered it. And it's, uh, I realized how how nice of a, a tool it is to have around with us when we're camping. So, I saw that you guys have a a program where people can actually donate a light to a third world country. Yeah, thanks so much for bringing that up. Actually, uh, and it's an important one to us. You know, it's secondary to our overall model, but it's still really important. The, uh, the Give program, or the Lucy Give program, basically allows consumers to participate in the solution. And so what you would do as a consumer is you'd go to our website, and there's a Give page, and simply buy a light for one of our partner uh, NGO organizations. So kids of Kathmandu build schools uh, in Nepal. You know, and that sort of came out of the earthquake, right? A lot of these things have happened organically. Uh, we have a group called A New Course that helps female entrepreneurs in Tanzania and Kenya. And we have the International Medical Corps, probably heard of them, you know, a major global organization that provides aid and assistance around the world when there's disasters and emergency preparedness needs. So, yeah, I definitely would love for folks to go on there, um, you know, do your little part. Uh, you don't have to. Again, you can just buy the light. But if you get onto the gift page uh, and you feel altruistic, you know, it gives you a vehicle to ensure that you're not just giving money to an organization, you're not sure where it's going to get earmarked or it goes, you're buying a light, and you know someone who doesn't have a light, doesn't have access to clean energy, will, and that's all because of you. So that that's important to us. Thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, I alluded to it earlier. You know, we take it for granted here, you know, electricity, but you know, you you lose a sun and your your day is gone. We do so much in the evenings and at nighttime um, that we don't even think about it. But once the once the sun goes down, your productivity, uh, you know, people working, kids studying for school, all kinds of things just kind of go by the wayside or they're doing it in light that's uh, very dim and poor for their eyes and candles and, and whatnot. So I love the idea. I love that it's simple um, and it's inexpensive and it's just uh, it's a neat thing to uh, to have for for altruism as well as for those of us who want to go out into the woods and have a little light and lightweight light with us. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not be able to do both at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool, John. Well, I just wanted to bring this product to our our audience because I thought it was one of the, the cooler, innovative products I've come across. And uh, 
And as a part of this series, I wanted to introduce Empowered to them. So I appreciate you coming on the show and giving us a few minutes to talk about the Lucy Light. Yeah, well, we appreciate the time and the highlight and, and your show. So keep up that great work, and we'll continue to follow it ourselves. Absolutely. Good deal. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Hey, would you do us a favor and check out our sponsors? When you're there, let them know that you came there because of the Adventure Sports Podcast. And if you want to show your love, there's Adventure Sports Podcast t-shirts on the website. Just check it out on the right-hand side, adventuresportspodcast.com. Get out there and try something new.